Hi there, welcome back to the Mandarin Blueprint podcast, episode 139. Uh, I'm in my new house and uh, I apologize if there's a slight echo at the moment. I haven't actually fitted the uh, sound equipment yet, but I'm just going to keep my voice relatively low <laughs> and uh, hopefully that will be okay. Uh, I'll have it all sorted by uh, the next podcast if there is an issue. So today's um, comments and emails, there are relatively few of them actually. Uh, we've still got, of course, a bunch, but um, not quite as many as usual. So I thought I'd take this opportunity to talk a little bit about a subject that I've been meaning to uh, get around to for some time now. I uh, read a book over and over again. So it was actually a, not book, it's, it's like a shortened version of a book that I got from one of my favorite apps for shadowing, which is Dao, which is a rather advanced app. It's a native app for native speakers. So... Um, maybe if you pass the intermediate course at Mandarin Blueprint, uh, you might be able to listen to a few things. But I uh, featured um, I featured the app in a video I did about shadowing recently, uh, which you can check out on our YouTube channel. Uh, so the the topic I want to talk about is mianzi, which means face, and it's a subject that it's a it's a thing that exists in the Western world too. The idea of face, in fact, yeah, you know, to lose face, this was taken from China, I believe, this phrase that we have. And um, I just, I read this this 25-minute version of a, a book called Mianzhou uh, Yu Renqing. Yu means and um, so in certain contexts. So it basically means Mianzhou means face and Renqing is favors. And we'll talk about how they're connected uh, very shortly. So first of all, Mianzi, what is it? Well, Mianzi is actually uh, society's confirmation of one's morals, abilities, and achievements. That's that's the definition that this book gives. So I think this is actually a really good uh, definition. I think it's very accurate to what it is. It's Mianzi is only seen in the eyes of others. It's it's like the most valuable currency that exists in China. I guess in a lot of places in the world, right? But especially in China, it's far more valuable than money. Um, it's it's up there with kind of like a trust, uh, community. You know, these are other currencies that exist um, that are much harder to earn uh, than money in, in a lot of cases and uh, are much more valuable. So the more, essentially, the more means you have, the more face you have in Chinese society, the more ability you have to wield resources, uh, whether that's people, like using people to do things, or uh, and money is a, a factor. You know, being very rich does give you mianza, but you can't buy mianza in the same in, in like oh I have more money therefore I'm just going to have mianza because mianza is not just about stuff. It's, it's, it's about your behavior in a, in a lot of ways, things that you do. Um, and the achievements that you you have, uh, the things that you have achieved. So I'll talk more about the difference between Western and Chinese face and where Chinese face comes from, really, uh, a little bit later on. But first, let's talk about the two kinds of mianzi, which the, the guy in the book talks about. Um, the first one is moral mianzi, which is dao de lian mian. Lian mian is just another way of saying face. Um, so this moral face, the face that you get from how you act in society, how moral you are in society, and then the societal face. Uh, this is all my translations, by the way. It, it, of course, the book was purely in Chinese. 
and I just took out the interesting points and translated it into English. So, 社会脸面 societal face.、Um, let's talk about these two just briefly. So, moral face、um, is basically how you behave morally. Of course, in terms of how Chinese people view morals and ethics. And the first point that the author makes about this, which is so true, if you live in China, you see this all the time, is that the elderly and the children in the society are given far more leeway. So they don't lose so much face for doing, you know, quote unquote immoral things.、Um, you know, children, for example, not sharing and just like taking a bunch of candy that they see on the floor, not sharing it with their friends, and taking as much as they can. You know, we might just say, ah. Uh, is another phrase that we'll get into later,、um, and it's kind of jokey. But when it comes to you know people of that are not elderly or people that are not children, you know it's, it's much more serious to to commit certain, certain immoral deeds, especially in public.、Um, This moral this idea of moral face it doesn't really fluctuate that much as long as you do, don't do anything crazy like anything bad. It doesn't go up. It's kind of hard to in- increase your moral face. It's kind of hard. It's fairly easy to decrease, I suppose. But just as long as you behave yourself, it, does, it stays where it is.、Um, so that's kind of why losing moral face. You know, when you do something bad morally and in the eyes of, in the eyes of others. That's much more. That's much worse because、um, it's kind of hard to come back from it. <laughs> Whereas societal face is different. Look at societal face. Societal face, 社会脸面 it depends on your status in society,、uh, and of course this can increase and decrease, and this is highly relative as well. So, like a, a boss at work, the boss of an office, he's got very high status, hasn't he? So he's got a lot of face in his workplace where he is the boss, but when he's with his parents-in-law, his status is low. Then, not that he's you know seen as low or like you know, but he just is. That's his rung. He's in that rung in that、um, in that sort of pocket of society when he's having dinner with his in-laws. So he has to be more careful. You know, he 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 can get away with less. Let's put it that way.、Um, And his status is lowered,、uh, so that means it's a hundred percent relative. Another thing with、uh, societal face, show who you mean, is that it, it is often faked. It can be faked,、uh, just like you can, well, basically through lying. So、uh, one common example is、um, people who set up these kind of fake companies that are essentially made to launder money. So they don't actually provide any service or value, really. They're just there to so that you can either I, th- I believe people do it to sort of get tax breaks and be able to write off expenses and stuff like this. And it's it's obviously illegal,、um, but it's unfortunately rather common here. So、um, one thing that people can do, you know, someone can say he he can set up this fake business and he can he can make it look amazing, but it's not real. He is the boss technically and. Um, he's got this sort of made-up, you know, he's a renovated, lovely office, but it's all just—it's all just—it's、uh, not real, right? So,、um, and he can use that face, that mienza, to to get resources to persuade people 
to do things for him or to gain more investment or whatever it is. So um, it can be faked in that way. And uh, another thing about societal face, which is makes it the most interesting, obviously. Uh, another thing about societal face that makes it the most interesting is that it's different from moral face in that it fluctuates heavily and it can be borrowed and lent uh, to people. Um, so for just an example of that, that is given in the book, uh, you know, say your uncle does something really bad, uh, you can actually stand in for your uncle and talk to the person, that, the victim of whatever's going on. Uh, and you can say, you know, come with the means of you know, like so, uh, for the sake of my face, you know, forgive my uncle. So you can you can sort of uh, give your uncle some of your face, some of your status, uh, and let to get him off. Uh, Saying you know he's in a sticky situation. Um, now it can be very transactional as well. It is very transactional, uh, and it's actually the most important, and that makes it the most interesting and important part of Mienza, this concept. So those are the two types of face, and obviously we're going to spend most time talking about societal face, the most the most interesting and complex one. But one of the key things to remember about face when you live in China or you're hanging out with Chinese people is just whenever you can, please just avoid causing other people to lose face, um, especially morally. Just basically don't let people uh, be embarrassed. Do not call people out, even if they're doing something silly. Um, because if you, it, it's, it's sort of, the, like I said, it's the most important currency in Chinese society. And if you lose face in any situation, really, it's always really bad. And it's much worse than we, we, you know, we can often in the West, we can just, oh, I, you know, I got a little bit embarrassed then, I can just sort of brush it off and try again next time. Uh, but it's taken a lot more seriously in China. So, um, you know, whenever possible, try to avoid causing people to lose face. I'll talk a little bit more about that uh, later, I'll give some examples. Um, and there's this other word for face as well called lian. Now, if you're on our course or if you've been learning Chinese, you know that lian is the real word for face. So mianzi is this abstract term for the face that we put on in public which in all you know the, the essentially the mask we wear uh and that, that we're always trying to protect and uh, the status that we have in society so it's a very abstract term and of course we you would know it to be the actual character or word for face um and it's also used as a part of mianza lian is often concerned more related to um, moral face more than societal and as soon as i saw this and heard this in the book um i saw that and i, was, I immediately thought of a video that i'd seen recently um it was it just went viral in china it was a a railway ticket salesman and this woman keeps pushing in line and this happens a lot in china you know it can ha it can happen People just push in line and then, oh, did I get away with it? Okay, I did, cool. I guess it happens in the West too, but it seems to be a bit more common here um, in certain areas. And so she was, she was pushing in and he was like, why are you pushing in? Go to the back of the line. And then she sort of like went off and then she came back again. She kept trying to do it. I think, I think the third time or something like that, he said something. And um, he said to her, Yo, you're there, uh, he pointed to his cheek and he said, 
you should have a little bit of lian. You need to have a little bit of face. So what he's saying is you've just have some face, you know, like you need to act like you should in society. Otherwise you're morally losing, you're losing your moral face, which is often referred to as lian. It can be both though. But I'm just saying, when you see lian, it's usually the moral uh, aspect of mianzi. Um, so a very common phrase is meo mianzi. Well, meo mianzi, which means or oh, diu mianzi. Diu means to lose, or meo means don't have, so or meo mianzi. So if you say or meo mianzi, that means that how others see your abilities or achievements, your status has been damaged in some way. And meo lian is how others see your moral standing. That has been damaged. So again, all in the eyes of others. But these two are different, you know? So a very common phrase is, a rather common phrase is, 为了要面子,可以不要脸. Okay, so uh, that just shows the delineation between mianzi and lian. How that mianzi is more about the societal face and like the abilities, status, doing favors for people. And uh, lian is more about the moral side. So, 为了要面子, to 要面子, in order to get face, societal face, you can 不要脸, you can do immoral things. You know, like I said, you know, people can fake uh, 面子, all sorts of things. So, um, that is, uh, you know, basically if you wanted to raise your status in society. Uh, a lot of people can do not so great things, you know. Uh, I'm not gonna name any names, but you know, certain politicians, you know, they, they have a very high status. They have a lot of mianza, but maybe they didn't do so, so many moral deeds in order to get there. There's actually a gentleman just down, down the road from where I live here who runs this, I'm not, I love meat. I'm not really, I'm not vegetarian at all, but this is a vegetarian restaurant and it's just the most incredible food ever. And um, it's really cheap. And it's just, just made with these amazing ingredients. Um, and it's just, it's really underpriced. And I found out that it was made by a guy who had done a lot of immoral deeds in order to become very, very wealthy in China. And then he moved in like the big city in Beijing, I believe, and he moved here to Dali and opened up a vegetarian restaurant, basically at cost. It just, it's like his way of paying back in some way to society for what he's done. Now it's just like, a, I, guess, I guess that's kind of related to, to Mianzi and Lian, isn't it? It's just an interesting story that I thought I'd share. So <clears throat> when, uh, when and how to give face and to get face, you know, basically giving face, what does it mean and how to do it, when to know who to give face to and how much to give, right? Basically, when you give face to someone, it's essentially doing someone a favor in some way. Think of the Godfather, right? That scene in the Godfather at the beginning when everyone's coming up to him and trying to curry favor with him and asking for favors, they're getting some mianza from him and they're giving mianza back. Well, they will have to give mianza back at some point, right? Um, and uh, I, I thought of that. In fact, when my wife was the one who, who gave me that example, I thought, yes, it is. It is very, it's taken as seriously as it is by people in that movie, in the Italian mafia in that movie. But as long as you don't actually deal with the actual mafia in China, you won't actually like get hurt or anything like that. People just won't help you in the future. 
right? So let's talk about more. I'm running away. I'm getting rambling a little bit. Let's let's go on to the actual points. Try and stick with this here. So how and when to give Mienza to who depends on two things really. Uh, number one is what can they do for you in the future? So if someone's asking you to do something for them, will they be able to repay you in some way later? That's the natural calculus. That's part of the natural equation that you do in your head. Um, and number two, how close your relationship is with them. And that's that's the most important. So when you give someone means you're doing them a favor, right? You're gonna to have to expend your resources. Now that could be money, it could be time, energy, uh, almost definitely energy and time. Um, it could be, you might have to ask someone else for a favor, get Mienza from someone else in order to transfer it, you know, to someone, you know, so it's, and that might be difficult, it might be easy. If it's easy, you know, it's just a phone call or a text and it's not that big a deal, it's like a small favor, then of course, then that's you might give that to someone that you know not so well, you know. But if it's a big favor or you your mienza that you need to get for someone else, the size of the favor you need to ask for in order to do the favor for this person is bigger than the value of this person to you, then you might not bother. You make an excuse. Um, so I'll give you an example of this. So an example of this is um, like I've moved down here. I've got a baby. Me and my wife, just us, no family to help us, um, you know, and it, it can be tough, right? And we've got a, a couple that were introduced to us by another friend, very luckily, who had the same age baby, and they're incredibly friendly and nice and just good people, and they live right next to us, and we've just moved house. And they're just by coincidence, they happen to have also moved like we chose, we found a house that was two doors down from them, so even closer now, which is really lucky. And um, you know, we look after their kid all the time, and they look after the, our kid all the time. And we go out together, and we spend some time. You know, it's a very common thing. It's a great situation. But if we didn't have a kid, and they asked us to babysit their child, it's like, well, we don't. I don't see you doing that for me at some point. You know, unless you want to look after my dogs while I go on holiday or something, right? So I might make up an excuse unless they happen to be like my sister-in-law or something like that, if they're really close to me. So speaking of family, sister-in-laws and things like that, let's look into the types of relationships. How do you know how close you are? Well, there's three types. There's qing gan xing, which is basically emotional relationships, which are all about family and friends. And of course, when it comes to family, someone like your mother, um, it doesn't matter what they ask, you just do it, right? And friends, of course, depending on how close they are, and you get the idea. And then there's gong ju xing, mechanical. That's why that's my translation. Gong ju literally means tool, so using someone as a tool, essentially. So these are essentially strangers or acquaintances, people that work in the gas station, uh, taxi drivers, um, just people you don't know. You don't have any close relationship whatsoever. And then there's xing, which is mixed. So it's a mixture of both. This is by far the most common and by far the most interesting and involves the most equations <laughs> in your head when you're deciding how to deal with them. So with emotional relationships, they're based on the the principle of need. So someone that is your mother or your your blood or you know related to your blood or your wife's brother or something like that someone that has a very close connection to you it doesn't really matter what they ask for in china 
you just do it, you know. Um, there is obviously a line. There's always a line, right? But when it's someone like your mother, like I said, like it's kind of anything, really. <laughs> and so, you know, I said earlier about how older older people and young and children can get away with a lot of things morally. Well, when it comes to someone that's your family, they they can get away with pretty much anything, <laughs> and uh, much more than they would in the West. In fact, you know, I've personally seen and heard like some certain things where if 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 the average person in say the West, like uh, USA, England, whatever, had this done to them by their parents, no one would question them from just cutting them off out of their life completely forever, you know. But in China, it's kind of that's not even on the table, you know. Um, it's you just you just it's your duty, it's your duty, and we'll talk about that duty idea as well. Um, so next comes mechanical relationships. They rely on the principle of fairness, So you just treat them with respect and fairness. If they ask you to do a favor, someone, a taxi driver asks you to do something for him, you're not really gonna say yes to that because you don't know him at all. You have very little connection to him. So the, you know, so it's, it's just, I'm gonna pay you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be polite to you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try not to be rude to you. And that's, that's it, that's about where is our, that's where our relationship ends. Next is mixed relationships. So again, the most common, and these are based on the principle of zhenqingfazi, so favors. So first of all, as I mentioned, zhenqing, favors in China in order to give mianzi to someone or ask someone for mianzi, do you a favor, is, are transactional in nature. And just like in a lot of societies in the world, when you do someone a favor, you need to pay them back and you are expected to. Um, and they are also, if, if they ask you for a favor, they also, Chinese people will also expect you to ask them for a favor at some point too, and they will be happy to do it. Uh, because if they don't, then the, the repercussions are obvious. You don't, you, you, know, you don't do favors for them anymore. We'll talk about how to refuse in a little, in a little uh, while. So a, l a lot of Westerners, my Western friends, even myself at one point, uh, saw this whole situation. Again, I mentioned this already. It's very cold. It's very mechanical. So where's the love, you know? <laughs> Can't you just, oh, you're my friend. I'll just do you a favor. But if you really think about it, first of all, there is a lot of love and care and trust that goes into these. It's not purely a, an equation. It's not purely mechanical. Again, unless you're dealing with just a taxi driver or whatever. Uh, and it's, it is more complex than I'm explaining. Um, so, but on the surface, it does seem like that. Um, so one important thing again is how to refuse favors. So you, ha you can absolutely refuse favors. Uh, just like I, I mentioned earlier with that couple, if they ask me to babysit their kid, I might do it once, but it's like, if you can't babysit my kid or do an equal favor back for me, I'm going to refuse. However, <laughs> this is where it gets a bit more complicated. You can't just refuse a favor in China. If someone asks you to do something, uh, of course you can, but you're going to hurt their means. You're going to essentially embarrass them and cause their status to go down, insult them essentially if you just say, no, <laughs> um, I'm not going to do that. Uh, of course, it's it's also kind of lost losing their mienza for asking you something which you're unlikely to say yes to. Do you know what I mean? So 
you know, asking, for example, asking, uh, hey, taxi driver, would you mind babysitting my kid? <laughs> you know, so you, you get the idea. But a common thing in China, and again, Westerners will just see this as lying, right? And it kind of is, but it's, it's just the way that it's just, let's call it a white lie. You, you, when you refuse a favor, you do it carefully. Uh, you, you, and if you ask someone for a favor when they really don't want to do it for you and there's no reason that they would do it based on the previous two points, they're not close to you and or you're not likely to be able to repay them that favor, they won't just say no. They'll make up an excuse uh, or they'll say it in a certain way that's saying no but saying yes. Uh, so saying kind of ma yes, maybe, or they'll just say yes, that's no problem. And then later they'll make up an excuse uh, and just not do it, <laughs> uh, which can be very frustrating if you don't know how this works, okay? Um, so just a quick phrase that is very common is to tian someone a renqing, to owe you a favor. So 我欠你一个人情 is a very common phrase um, and is to say I owe you one, I owe you a favor. Um, you, can, you can definitely use that if someone does something for you. Uh, just to make it clear, you don't have to, of course, it's, it's already an unwritten rule that you will pay them back, but you can say that as well. And if you want to refuse, you have to be weiwei. You have to be weiwei. It's a, essentially tactful. Um, it's a way of saying, um, carefully saying things, not to hurt people's feelings, not to make them lose face. So you can help them keep their face intact, their, their societal and moral face intact. People are very scared in China, or well, scared may be the wrong word, but you know, they do not want to make people lose face. If you make someone nankan, you're essentially embarrassing them, you're making them lose face. Um, or 得罪, someone, uh, is to make them feel bad, ashamed, again, embarrassed. These are very dangerous because if you make someone lose face, even accidentally, not on purpose, okay, someone will pay you back one day for that. <laughs> All right? So you don't just get away with that. Um, so you want to, that's why, like I mentioned at the beginning of the video, is to not cause people to lose face whenever you can. So face and favors, I really like that alliteration, face and favors, essentially face and favors, China and the West. So I mentioned earlier that I was going to talk about the difference here. Chinese face, the biggest difference, what makes it so much, what makes Chinese people take the idea of face so much more seriously is that it's very intensely woven into Confucianism, which is sort of what is largely the Chinese modern day culture is largely based upon. Um, so if you're not familiar with Confucianism, as I wasn't as well very recently, um, there's a few key concepts to just keep in mind that are very useful and applicable to real life. So there are five key relationships in Confucianism. Um, one is Junten, uh, the idea of ruler and subjects, the relationship between ruler and subjects, father and son, Xiongdi, uh, brothers, uh, uh, husband and wife, and friends. Now, I realize that there's not a uh, mother and son here. Of course, this, this is you know, thousands of years ago, I believe. So 
it's uh, it's very Zhongnan Qingyu. Uh, it's basically essentially, you know, there's a heavier weight placed on males than there is in uh, females. So, but uh, modern day society is not Zhongnan Qingyu in, in China, at least in the main cities. In in the more rural areas, of course, it is still. Um, but essentially, that's that's those are the five key relationships. So, uh, and then there's three different principles, the most important principles in Confucianism. There's not only three, but these are the three most important that relate as well to this concept of mians that we've been talking about today. So number one is ren, which is essentially kindness. Now the real apl application and how Chinese modern day mianzi and renqing uh, has been, uh, let's say, influenced by this concept of ren, kindness, it's essentially grading the relationship. So who to be kind to? And how you do that is you see which of the three types of relationship is this person that I'm dealing with? Uh, is it a mechanical relationship? Is it emotional or is it mixed? Uh, and the second concept is uh, E, which has tons of different meanings, but the meaning I've chosen here is, is righteousness doing what's right and how that uh, it also is in the characters for justice loyalty uh, it's in the words sorry for justice loyalty like zheng yi, uh, yi qi, yi qi. Uh, it means loyalty being loyal so depending on what relationship they are how this applies to mianzi is like depending on how what the relationship is you decide how you're going to treat them you know what's right how should I treat this person? What's right in Chinese society? Should I treat them with the gongping factor, the, the idea of fairness, need, or renqing? Right. So deciding what that is is the idea of e. Um, deciding how, uh, which kind of treatment this person gets depending on their relationship to you. And then thirdly, this is the most important: is li, which is etiquette. I think that's the best translation for this character in this cons in, in this context how it relates to uh mianzi. so li mainly comes into um the mixed relationships because how to appropriately carry out favors and tr these transactional renqing uh these renqing jiaoyi these uh, these favor transactions after weighing up the options they all must conform to etiquette of society so essentially, the overarching principle of Confucianism is that you must try to show respect at all times. Um, and even people that are gongjuxing their mechanical relationships to you still treat them with etiquette, respect, and make sure you, you don't break the fourth wall. That's how I like to describe it. You, you keep your face on and you, you play your role that you're supposed to play in that situation. So Li is the most revered of all these three concepts, the most important concepts in Confucianism, perhaps, according to what I read. And it is the idea of respecting people at all times, at least showing the minimum respect and do not cause people offense. Um, play the role you're supposed to play in that society at that time. And if you don't do that, it harms Mienza, your own, mainly, <laughs> uh, and other people's as well. But essentially, this is the key thing to keep in mind. Um, so this is why one, my, one of my friends came over to China um, and he'd never been to China previously. And the one thing he said is that in England, he's English as well, 
he said that in England, the art, the whole point when you're outside in society, don't annoy other people, don't bother other people. Um, and in China, it's kind of the opposite. It's kind of if you are like, don't react to being bothered by people. So you'll often see, uh, you know, Chinese people do not smile that much. They do not get angry that much in public, of course. They try and keep a relatively straight composure. Um, and, you know, they also, if someone's like playing loud music or, you know, just being rude or just uh, pushing in line, <laughs> for example, uh, it's kind of, it's, it's, you don't point, you don't uh, call them out on it. You know, you just sort of try and tolerate and ignore. Don't cause a fuss. Because if you do, it could cause that person to lose face. And of course, yourself. And when it's, it's it can, like I said before, it's, it's kind of dangerous to make Chinese people lose face in certain situations. You know, not like necessarily physically like going to hurt you or something like that. But it could cause a big ruckus um, because it's such a big deal over here. Right. So, um yeah, that's, I'd say, one of the key things to remember whilst conducting yourself in Chinese society. Uh, if you don't, then you are considered shuli. You have lost etiquette, which means basically rude. This is the formal word for rude, which is um, li mao is politeness. Um, but this is, I guess, far more serious, you know, to shuli. And as I got to this point in the book, it got it started to get really deep and I was really fascinated by this next point which I had never considered before and I kind of alluded to it a couple of times so far since I've been chatting which is Mienza is your outside appearance it's your face your Mienza your Mian Ju or face tool which is mask in Chinese it's kind of like I consider now after reading this book Mianzi is, is all about the face that you put on when you go outside in China or among Chinese people. Um, it's all about the outside. It's just a show. It's just a play. Chinese society, you could say, it was referred to in the book as, as a yichang xi. You know, it's a, it's, a, it's a role. And I guess all society is, right? You put on certain hats. If you go out to dinner with your parents-in-law, you might be a slightly different person than when you go out with your friends or you go out with just your wife on a date or... You just go out and talk to a bank teller in a bank. You act differently depending on where you are. And you have to conform to that. And if you don't, there are consequences to that. So the idea of Mienza is the it's like the mask and you play the role that society demands of you. And uh, there was this other book that was referred to in this book. I can't remember the name of it right now. I'll put it up on screen here. But... Um, uh, it was written by a foreigner who'd spent a long time in China. Uh, it was about uh, assessing what Chinese people are like, you know, introducing them to Western society, essentially. And one of the things he said is that Chinese people love watching opera and shows like state you know, theater so much that they made their society into a theater. And I, I just really like that reference. Another key thing is that if you look at Mianzi, that's the outside, you look at it, but it's different from leads, leads, and this was a new word for me. I had I hadn't heard this word before reading this book, which means it means literally lining, or the substance, the real you. So the real you is your leads, and your mianza is the 
society, the, the you that society demands of you in various, you know, infinite different situations. So when you don't conform to how society demands of you in all these different situations, there's a word you can use, which I'm sure if you've been learning Chinese for a little while, you've probably heard, which is 对不起. 对不起, I refer to this in our pronunciation mastery course. And it literally, if you break down the character, to do someone means to face them. And butsi is a compliment that basically said cannot do the previous, whatever the previous character is. I can't achieve that. So we say butsi, it means I can't face you right now. I can't face you because I have lost face. I have not done, acted the way I should have acted. And I'm sorry. And that's another key thing as well. I'm sorry, doibutsi, is about the other person in Chinese. I'm sorry in English is about me. Again, individualist, collectivist. And I thought about this. And I, I thought of a recent thing that happened. Again, um, I took my dogs out. I, I just got a car. And uh, it's so much better now. <laughs> I finally got a car after all these years of just using public transport. Um, and uh, I didn't have, before I got a car when I first moved here, uh, to Dali, I, um, I, a friend of ours, the, the couple that I mentioned, the, the father, he took us out in his car and he said, bring your dogs along with you. And we went to this nice place just down the road. It wasn't just down, it was about a 45 minute drive actually. And we took all the dogs and as soon as we got out of the car, one of my dogs, who never does this, just decided to roll in poop, like immediately. As soon as we got out of the car, we've got two kids with us as well. It's boiling hot. Just drove 45 minutes. Dog rolls in poop right next to the lake. And there's these really strict, um, sorry, I won't go there yet. Basically, I went and I, I was really upset with the dog, obviously. Took him next to the lake, which is where we were. I started washing him. Uh, people were taking pictures of me and stuff. I was like, why are people taking pictures of me? Maybe it's because I had my top off, right? And people were like, oh, foreigner with his top off. He's washing a dog. Let's take a picture. I was like, oh, whatever. So, and then... I, uh, you know, we carried on with our walk. We went, you know, 10 minutes later, we went and sat down somewhere. I'm still like annoyed, right? I'm still not in a good good mood right now. And uh, then people start coming up to us, people that work at the at the lake area. And they're saying, you're going to get fine because you washed your dog in the lake. And there's, I forgot, there's all these really strict restrictions on, just like strict to the point of illogical, you know, for doing anything in the water. You know, there's a guy who washed his feet in the water. He got like a you know, $300 fine or something like that. Anyway, it's the, they were like taking, you know, taking more pictures of me and saying, we've got your picture, we're going to send you a fine. And I was like, <laughs> I, was getting, I was about to like lose my temper. And, uh, you know, I was basically just, I had to just go off by myself and just like, just give have a word with myself, <laughs> just like calm down. And I went back. And I was I, I did I wasn't very rude, but I did kind of like argue with the woman. I was just like, this doesn't make any sense. The poo was next to the lake. What are you talking about? Like I wasn't using like I didn't bring my dogs with shampoo to actually wash them in the lake. Do you know what I mean? And she was just I kept repeating the same phrase from the, the party over and over again. And uh, anyway, so I turned I immediately after I calmed down, I turned to my friend and I said, "Do what she." because I should not have acted that way. I should have just, I, I broke the fourth wall. You know, I, I, I did not 
act how that situation demanded me to act in Chinese society, which was, sorry, you know, I, I'm sorry, I won't do that again. And then move on and just not express anger, you know, just try and stay calm. That's what the society demanded of me at that point, and I did not fulfill that. So I said, that's most of the points that I wanted to talk about regarding this book and this concept of mianzi, and I hope that helped. There's a lot of things that I, there's a few things that I just completely didn't, didn't know that I learned from the book, but there was most of the stuff that living in China for eight years that I had known subconsciously, but just to see it explained in that way, and also with the reference to Confucianism, um, it's, uh, it just really helped me to further understand and more importantly accept this idea of Mianza because Western, Western people, I'll say again, you know, we can often, on the surface, it just it doesn't sit well with a lot of Westerners, you know, this idea, uh, this transactional nature of it. But, uh, and that's something that I wanted to just quickly finish on, which is there is a lot of love in this. Um, again, so again, I'll mention that, that couple. You know, when we first met, it was fairly transactional. It was fairly gongjuxing. You know, that we were mixed relationship, but we were more mechanical than we were emotional, right? But now I've spent so much time with those people. I've looked after their lovely daughter. I I love their daughter. Literally, I I I would protect her as if she was a family member now. And yes, and I don't care really if he just. And at this point, they just sort of they knock the door. Uh, and we answer and he's like, okay, I'm heading out for an hour. Just check, just keep an eye on it, yeah? And he's gone before I even have the chance to say yes, right? And that's fine because I know that A, he'll do the same for me. But B, remember that second point? We're close now. I actually care about this man and his wife and, and the daughter. Um, and they care about my son. Uh, so it's... Um, yeah, there, there, it is human. It's very human. It's very. It can be very warm and loving and friendly. Um, and I just wanted everyone to know that. So uh, I hope that helped. Uh, check out the book Renting Mians and check out my shadowing video uh, where I break down how to use the app where I found this book, or rather the 25-minute breakdown of it. Uh, just search for shadowing on our uh, YouTube video, so YouTube channel, um, and I'll also put the link below uh, when we put this clip on YouTube. So. If you have any thoughts or comments about this, let us know below or just send an email to contact at mandarinblueprint.com. If there's anything else that you want us to talk about, delve into a little bit, I'd love to do that too. Uh, just let us know. So let's move on to the comments and emails that we've had this week. Uh, the first one is from Seri Woods, level 15, complete. Uh, really good progress, by the way. Well done. You're really starting to get into it now. Yeah, get to the point where you can actually read sentences, things are starting to come together around this level. So well done. Uh, this level has been really fun. There you go. I often watch C dramas and I noticed even in just a week that I, I understand far more words and phrases than I had the week before. It's really encouraging. Yes, your, your snowball is building up momentum now. Okay, so do not lose that momentum or try your best to keep it up. You know, never have a zero day and you'll see the, that you'll feel those breakthroughs come through much more, more and more often. So well done there, Seri. Uh, next is uh, Chidima on uh, Mandarin syllables. That's the pronunciation mastery course. Uh, and Chidima says, two lessons down and I'm already loving it. <laughs> so thanks for that. Really appreciate all that. Po uh, any positive feedback is great. 
Um, yeah, so I wonder where you are now. Uh, keep us updated. Send us, again, keep, keep the emails coming, keep the comments coming. We'd love to hear them and read them. And if you have questions, uh, of course, get in touch anytime. Uh, next is uh, John Namora Vocab Unlocked for T, which means to kick. And one of the, the couple, of, uh, couple of words that were unlocked were Ticho, football, and Dacho. And John asks, is Ticho football and Dacho soccer? Um, no. So uh, Ticho is, is, uh, could be football, but it could also just be kicking a ball. Or Ticho, bye. Like, let's just kick a ball around, you know? Uh, it's not an actual game of football, do you know what I mean? Um, but Dacho is any just ball game, really, usually with hands and arms. Uh, Dacho. Uh, so tennis, for example. Um, uh, so yeah, basically ball games. And yeah, and oh, oh, I see. Yeah, football and soccer. So I think football is in American football, right? And uh, soccer. I think uh, Ticho is um, yeah mainly about soccer and what I call football. Uh, American football is Galancho, I believe. It's been ages since I've seen that word, so. <laughs> I think it's Olive, right? Ganlan, right? But I just, I haven't seen the characters in so long. Like, but yeah, uh, probably shouldn't say that. Should I? I should probably should edit, that, edit that out. <laughs> uh, so the next is Rick Angeland on uh, showed up to receive. And he says, uh, so uh, regarding the sentence that we provide, ni So this may at the end, have you received the spoon I sent you? Uh, he asks, is this a colloquial say of saying, ni shou dao mei shou dao wo song ni de shao de, or a bit shorter, ni shou mei shou dao wo song ni de shao de. Yeah, you would, you would definitely say the second, the second example there, you wouldn't really say the, the, the first one. Shou dao mei shou dao, it's, it's, shou mei shou dao, that's fine. Uh, but you don't say shou dao mei shou dao, you don't say the full compound word both, both times. Or you could, of course, you don't have to use mei, you can just ask, say ma. So may is actually really cool. Uh, it's like a colloquial way of asking, of, of using ma, okay? Uh, and you can use it at the end of, of sentences just like you would with ma, but it sounds just much more native. It sounds much more uh, like a Chinese person speaks. But both are absolutely fine. If you say ma, it doesn't mean that you say ma at the end as a question, as a yes, no question, that you'll sound non-native. You get the idea. It's just a bit more Oh, this guy knows his stuff, you know. So you check that one out. You can try that out. Uh, Christine on vocab unlocked for chol says asks, "What's the function of chue in chol? Does the sentence mean the same without it?" Uh, it chue it, is a rather advanced uh, character word that uh, adds a little flavor of something to the sentence when you. Your something that you're something that you're saying in the sentence is uh, goes against the expectations of either yourself or the listener, based on the on the context that you're looking at. So I can read that sentence. I have no idea what was said before, but because it has chue, right? So let's translate the sentence first. It says, "But I think it is ugly." But I think it's it's ugly because it has downwardjue.它很丑. Uh, so if, without the chue. Without the chue, but I think it's ugly, right? That's what it would be, and it's absolutely grammatically fine to do that. 
But if you add the ch in, then that's, that means to me that I know that either the speaker or uh, the person speaking, the expectation is that he doesn't, or he or she doesn't think it's ugly. So you say ch, and you can also say dao as well, dao with a renzapang. Not dao as in arrive, it's like the same character for arrive, but with a person component on the left. Uh, has a similar function. So that chu is basically saying, you thought I was going to think it was good looking, it was, it was pretty, it was nice looking, but actually I think it's ugly. And it just implies that. It's very cool, it's rather high level. It took me a while to get that one actually. So good question, Christine. Next is Yan Masad Xiaoxin, which means to be careful in context. This is where we give you example sentences. And Yan says, uh, sorry, ask, is using yo as in to have for there is as in yo turguala, as in there's a, a car is coming. A car is coming. Is that a common thing? If so, I find it super interesting that in French they express it in the same way. They use ilia. Literally, there it has, or just it has, meaning there is too. And yeah, it's, it's actually, I remember that from when I saw this comment, I was like, yeah, I remember that from school, I learned four years of French, can't speak French. Um, but uh, yeah, I do remember that, yeah, and it's, it's the same thing in Chinese, for sure. There is, that's how we say, um, and we don't just say a car's coming, we say there is a car coming, yo, yeah, or have a car coming. Um, so... Uh, yeah, very interesting comparison. I love seeing those comparisons between Chinese and other languages, that, especially ones that I'm not aware of. So thanks for that, Yan. So those are all the uh, just general emails and comments for this week. Let's jump into the vocab living link. So uh, first is for Roland Koffler. Vocab unlocked for lai. So there's four words that get unlocked at this point, compound words. Um, 来自, 上来, 下来, and 过来. So Roland says, for come over to my house, uh, I use a picture of Hansel and Gretel and the witch in front of the gingerbread. Iconic and dramatic. That's very, uh, very memorable indeed. Yes. Um, 过来, yeah. And you could do the same thing for 下来. You know, you could think, uh, I like to get, there must be a movie, oh, there's like that movie, which I don't know the name of, with um, an actor that I don't know the name of, but if I say what happens in the scene, you'll know what it, you'll you'll be able to know, right? You'll be able to find that. If for some reason it's just so, I haven't actually seen this film, but I know this scene. It's with an, a very famous actor holding up a boom box outside a girl's house, and he's saying, Xialai. I don't know if she's up, actually. I think she might be on the second floor. If she is, that'll work, right? But I would find that picture. Again, never seen the movie, but it would still work. Um, and Shanghai, I would maybe use Rapunzel as a reference. Shanghai, because Shanghai is I'm above and I'm saying, come up, right? Shanghai. And then Lai Zi. Lai Zi is a bit more complicated, isn't it? Because Lai Zi means uh, to come from, and the two characters are come. And zi also means from, but the most common thing that people relate to zi is self. So it literally means come and come. Um, but it would you could say, but with the final one here, lai zi, lai means come, and zi in this context also means come or from. Uh, so literally it's come from, yeah. Or you could do, zi is also zi like self. Uh, so it's so literal that I would just maybe picture, just, just choose a picture. 
uh, or maybe relate to the sound instead. Laozi, it kind of sounds like Laozi, <laughs> like the the uh, the uh, the famous Chinese philosopher. So I'd say maybe he comes from China and have a picture of Laozi. Um, of course, the tones are different, and the pronunciation is Lao and Lai. It's different, but I think that would work for me. Uh, or just search for Laozi. Or a picture of the UN, all those UN flags. Um, I, I'd find something else like that, and then maybe move on and strengthen that card if I was having trouble with it, uh, trouble recalling the information later. Next one is from Robert Tom's. We'll come and look for Mol, Molga, uh, a certain something, and Molxie, uh, you know, some. Uh, so he says, I used one picture of Prince Herbert from Monty Python for Mulga and three of the same picture for Mulxie. That's a really interesting one. Yeah, I really like that one. Well done, Robert. Uh, next is Matt Schubert on Vocab Unlocked for Baba. <laughs> this is the most adorable word. Little treasure, baby. Yeah, Baba. Um, treasure, treasure. I mean, that one kind of writes itself. It's like your baby is the most treasured thing, but you could maybe find a picture of a baby with some bling bling on. <laughs> that just came to my mind. Um, <clears throat> but I think just just listening to Matt's, uh, Matt's breakdown there would be enough. Jeremy Marie on Vocab Unlocked for Zheng Zai. So Zai, he says GPS, GPS tracking. It's accurate, it always ha is a happening and it knows your location. That's fantastic. I really like that connection. Zheng Zai, it's accurate as long as you have signal, right? And uh, it's, it's happening. Zheng Zai, it's, it's, it's happening always. It's a constantly updated, like every second or other second, right? And Zai, yeah, that, that just ticks all the boxes. I have nothing to add to that. That's like the almost, I'd say, as close to perfect as you can get. Uh, another one from Roland. On draw, as in Zhuozi, he says the typical Chinese restaurant tables are round and have a turntable on them. Yes, they do. Yeah, so you can pass the dishes because there's tons of dishes on the table. You can pass the dishes around. So just picking a very well-known, very iconic table, a specific table, will work, especially for a character that's uh, a compound word that's, that's designed like this so simply. There's not really much else you can connect to except the sound, Zhuozi. Um... So thanks for that, Roland. So let's move on to the movies now. We've got a few movies here. First one is for uh, it's from Rick Santos on Make a Movie for Me. And uh, he says, the, Mia, the MI actress has finished her meals in the kitchen, second tone, of the Null set. She's about to watch a football game. She sees a grain of rice. Must be a big grain of rice, right? on the road, so it's just a piece of road, that's your prop for that, and ask the rice, are you lost? Milula, <laughs> literally, to lose road. You should not be either in the rice field or be on the table to be served as food. Bewildered and confused, confused, me, that's the definition, one of the key words. Uh, the rice said, I don't know, I think I was blown over by the winnowing fan. I don't know what winnowing fan is. But I know what fan is. I think I'm being, I am bewitched. But I don't want to go back to the kitchen to be cooked either. Me, the me actress said, luckily for you, I am not a witch. And I'm finished eating. But now the old rice field has been recently converted to a football field. 足球场. 
The rice charmingly begged her, Oh, that's great. Please bring me to the football field instead. I will be a big fan. Chomi. <sighs> that's great. Uh, the reason why I like that a lot, obviously, if this was just... Obviously, um, uh, Rick has made the, the scene unnecessarily long with lots of unnecessary details, which would be unnecessary if he weren't trying to reference actual compound words with this actual character in them, which I think is a fantastic idea. And it's really creative and helpful for people reading it. Um, of course, if he wasn't doing that, if he was just adding details, I would say, hey, don't waste time adding these details. But um, he's referring to them to make the story not only more interesting, but also to sort of give you a taste of some of the compound words that you're going to be unlocking with this character. So thanks a lot for that, Rick. Uh, next is John. In the kitchen of my A set, Zach Hansen is drinking green leaf tea. That's the, the bottom prop and trying out miscellaneous baseball bats with holes in them. His friends are laughing at him and he thinks he has a hole in and he thinks he has a hole in his head to use these bats. Um, I really like that idea and obviously you can see you'll see that they're obviously different sizes, shapes, colors, materials um, there and I think that's that's more than enough uh, to go on. I'm not quite sure what the holes are about. I don't quite get that reference, but I think everything else there is really well done. And the last uh, scene for today is from Stephanie. I'll make a movie for home. She says, Harold is in the kitchen of my ONG flat trying, on a, trying to stage a, a film. Unfortunately, an I-beam is running down the center wall. He brings out a bundle of silk scarves to drape and decorate, ready to film. Simple, great, um, using everything you need, uh, making everything red. What else do you need? It's, it's a great scene. Um, keep it simple is my favorite uh, favorite concept and I'm glad you're sticking with that Stephanie so that is the final comment for this week I hope you enjoyed again my uh, <laughs> my rather long uh, explanation of Mienza I hope it made sense please give us your feedback always interested um, and again always get in touch at contact at mandarinblueprint.com if you have questions and if you listened this far and you haven't tried out our course yet we now have a 30-day free trial with full access to 400 video lessons so uh, you should probably check that out if you haven't already so thanks very much i'll see you in a couple of weeks bye bye